Hello, welcome to Sicko Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, whether you're catching the show uh, live or in archive, kind of rhymes. Uh, welcome. Either way, uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology. Um, I work with all kinds of oracles, and including runes and uh, animal totems and tarot and, and uh, and, and angel cards, all kinds of things. Uh, if you want any information about my services, uh, please go to my website at jimventura.com. Uh, I do sessions here in my home office in Phoenix as well as uh, by phone for out-of-area clients. I've um, been doing that for many years. Okay, also an author, obviously, a um, couple published books. Scan all that info, jimventura.com. Uh, this is me. Uh, we'll, we'll lay it into the month here, but this is my... Uh, live column read for June uh, to be followed with a discussion in more detail about the subject. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly snake oil column, uh, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com. Uh, that information should also be on the blog talk site uh, to be added to the monthly newsletter mailing list so you can get the columns directly. Uh, there's no cost to get the uh, column, of course, and um, your, uh, your name is never shared. Uh, the columns are sent blind, copied out once a month. Okay. So I'm going to do a live column read today. Uh, before I even get into this particular column read, uh, let me also mention, because um, uh, I see some people jumping into the, the chat um, room, which is awesome, uh, but also um, uh, for the, on the phone lines, uh, I don't take live calls uh, for column read shows, um, unless you are, you know, later on I may be able to, if you are, you know, asking a question or commenting on the subject matter at hand. Uh, but uh, mini readings that a lot of people like are uh, after halfway through my astrological update shows. Uh, so catch those if you you want to call in to ask for a quick, uh, you know, answer to a question or an oracle poll. Uh, but that we won't be doing that on today's show uh, at all. Okay, so. 45-minute uh, show, we don't have enough time to usually cover the material itself. And so, you know, what I wanted to say first off was, uh, you know, I guess the timing of this particular column was, was pretty um, well-timed, uh, for, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, after uh, the column is called Tragedy, um, we had some serious tragedies um, in the last few days uh, over in Orlando, Florida. Uh, including um, a, a shooter uh, killing 49 people in uh, a, a gay lesbian uh, nightclub uh, on uh, Latino night, uh, and then followed two days later by a, uh, a child, a two-year-old, getting taken by an alligator in, in Disneyland, Disney World. Um, you know, just you know, I. I've actually watched a bit of CNN following some of the coverage of both of these things, which is really not normal for me, uh, but uh, these were pretty profound events. So I'm going to read the column, uh, and if you haven't already read it uh, or heard it, um, you'll see why this definitely was kind of a fitting um, piece. Uh, so I want to talk more about the piece itself specifically, and then I'm going to comment a little more about some of these tragedies uh, that we just experienced in the next couple of days, uh, both from a practical perspective and a metaphysical perspective, which is what 
you know, people tune into my my shows for, and and what people read my books for, and what people contact me for uh, for for personally. Uh, that's that's what I do. That is my area of expertise, uh, helping people to see things uh, from from multiple levels. Um, so okay, so I want to start off by reading this month's column. Uh, it is uh, again appropriately titled "Tragedy." Um, okay, so. I received some unsettling news last month right before I left for a vacation. A now 59-year-old friend and client I hadn't spoken to in almost two years was discovered, missing from a solo hiking trip in Sedona. The story was on the news, and many friends contacted me to ask if the missing person they were talking about was indeed my friend. They found her abandoned car and belongings at her campsite, The police searched for a few days and eventually found her at the bottom of a ravine. She had slipped and fallen to her death. Even before they found her, I knew she was deceased. I wasn't sure what had happened yet, but intuitively I knew she was no longer in this world. I'd actually stopped hanging out with her a few years before this. Uh, She was an English professor professor at ASU, creative, smart, definitely an artisan, uh, we shared a number of fun times together and even once participated in a huge bonfire and drumming circle. She's very cool in a number of different ways. The problem that contributed to my cutting ties was she had issues with the way I spoke. She seemed to really love me in so many ways, but she also found me to be too crude. She reprimanded me a number of times about cursing and being too blunt uh, it, it was like a bizarre flashback to my Catholic elementary school teachers when the nuns reprimanded us when we were out of line. Uh, not something I really ever want to revisit. I tried to overlook this irritating aspect of her, but the final straw for me was after she invited me to the movies with free passes for a premiere. She also invited two other friends, a gay couple as well, since she had four tickets. Uh, she sent me an email beforehand asking quote, that I tone down how I speak at her upcoming movie plan because they were classy guys who weren't used to my type of rough talk, end quote. Uh, needless to say, I didn't join her for the free movie. Uh, there's nothing worse to me than someone trying to censor the way I speak. This is the kind of thing that makes a Sagittarius's head explode, especially one whose primary focus on, is on communication. She was difficult in other ways. It was scary driving with her when in the passenger seat of her car as she was spacing and swerved into other lanes sometimes. She also had too many rules about what we could and could not do in her car uh, for two of my other friends when she drove us on Halloween night a few years back. She drove them nuts with her bizarre rules and worry. She was overly critical and often self-deprecating at the same time. Even though her death made sense to me intuitively, I still felt the tragic sting of this loss. It hurts to lose a friend who is or was part of your life. The event triggered some other losses in my emotional body again. The loss of my childhood family pets uh, and my beloved cat Monty 10 years ago resurfaced. The sad loss of my father 7 years ago. Losses of other friends, both physically removed and emotional losses from the past, hit me like a tornado of memories. I felt a wave of sadness that lingered for about two days. While I'm generally a happy person, uh, mainly because I'm blessed in many respects and have very little to be sad about personally, 
I am no stranger to feelings of sadness. About once a month, I experience a morning where I just want to go right back to bed after eating my breakfast. Overwhelming feelings of sadness grip me that are not attached to anything specifically. Usually after I get up again a few hours later, go to the gym, have some coffee, the sadness has completely passed. I think most people go through this from time to time. When I mention my occasional hits of depression to friends, family, and clients, they're often relieved because they experience this as well. Some people experience depression often or even chronically. Many of these people take antidepressants to combat the pain. This isn't something I would ever recommend, but I would never judge anyone for the way they choose to handle their sadness. There are occasional times when I choose to feel sad for a bit. I purposely watch a Lifetime or similar movie, uh, similar channel movie, or, or listen to sad music. I think old carpenters or similar music often fills this need for me. The happy and bittersweet music triggers something. The memory of such a talented woman succumbing to anorexia alone is so sad. My sadness times are often connected to feelings of nostalgia for my childhood friends I'm no longer close to, another endings from long ago. I immerse myself fully into these feelings. There is an element of sentimentality that is difficult and relieving at the same time. I used to smoke a fair amount of weed when I was in my late teens and early 20s. It was really fun and rebellious, but more likely a use of a natural medicant to mask old soul sadness. It can be useful natural medicine for helping people in this and other areas. Now, I like to have my occasional brief periods of profound sadness. I don't need or want to mask it. I want to feel it all. Sometimes the levels of tragedy people experience are really difficult to move through. I had a client about 20 years ago who lost three of her four children to various tragedies in the span of a decade. She wisely turned this into purpose and wrote a book of published poems for people who experience similar types of extreme loss. This was a brilliant way to transform the energy of something that most people could never imagine. Children and some adults often wonder why God allows tragedies. There are endless theories about why. It's interesting to me that people associate tragedy and God with inflicting some form of punishment as part of the why. Some religions have ideas about the why, and this may be one of the reasons people are drawn to religion. To me, the simple truth is that we all experience karma. For multiple lifetimes, we experience times of great joy and also times of tragedy. Earthquakes, tidal waves, tornadoes, and similar catastrophes are a reality in this world. They're still horrible, but we know they are also natural. There's no punishment from God connected to any to these type of tragedies. It is part of our experience in human bodies and lifetimes in this world. The contrast is part of why we're here. There are hazards on the physical plane, and there is only one true certainty. We will all eventually die. Some lifetimes are brief, and some we live to a ripe old age. Yet even then, we die. But death is only transforming from one form to another. Our souls go on to other experiences, and we never truly die. How we pass is, in some respects, another form of creative expression. The tragedy of the loss of my friend was sad, but it was creative, and she was truly creative. I know my occasional choice about experiencing sadness is not really about the sadness of death. My sadness is usually more about how humans continue to be so cruel to each other, 
and that they don't seem to learn. Things like gun violence, war, bombings, judgments, and cruelty toward other races, sexual orientations, innocent animals, children, and each other are hard to absorb. Personal pains for me, like the recent loss of another friend of 16 years, who self-destructively cut herself off from me by doing something so abusive and callous that I simply couldn't continue the friendship, triggered some really difficult emotions. I've experienced this a number of times in my life, when self-destructive people force me to self-protect myself and cut them out. This is why I feel my times of sadness. Melancholy is connected to purposeful tragedy that others choose to commit. Misdirected fear in the guise of righteousness that harms others. Tragedy, tragedy created by human beings, uh, things that are no accident. Life can be tragic at times, but for most of us, in the larger picture, it is usually more of a joyful or at least neutral experience. Some tragedies are simply harder to move through and heal from. It isn't a weakness to feel sad sometimes. In some respects, it truly is a strength, a willingness to feel. I take solace in my ability to understand and see the purpose of sadness. And more importantly, I allow myself to heal, to grief, forgive, do my best to create more good and less pain to others wherever I'm able to in my corner of the universe. Okay, so that was uh, last month's column. Um, and, you know, uh, again, uh, in terms of cosmic timing, uh, I don't really know whether I could have uh, planned that more. Uh, you know, some people would say, you know, oh, psychic, did you pick up on those things? Uh, you know, uh, I, I question the words of the word, uh, use of the word psychic, by the way. That's uh, connotations that I don't always necessarily fully uh, connect with. Uh, I am uh, to it. Uh, more than necessary, a psychic and an expert on, on oracle reading the suits there. There's a little bit of a difference. Um, but ultimately, you know, maybe in some ways, yes. Uh, I, I had predicted this years ago uh, after uh, us going into Iraq and other things that, you know, one of the outcomes would be that we would there would be attacks, um, you know, in this way on, on our soil in that respect, not the dramatic things that, that people concoct, um, in terms of them coming over in ships or, you know, but this type of thing uh, that that would surface. And, and it has, and I, I wish I had been wrong, but uh, it was something I, I saw a long time ago. So um, this and, and more of these type of things are likely to occur um, in the near future. I want to, um, again, I want to comment on that in, in some respect as well, too. Uh, so let me bring this back around uh, first to... What happened with my friend, uh, like I wrote in the piece, yeah, this was uh, particularly difficult uh, in a lot of ways. Still with a little bit of guilt had come up in some ways that I did kind of stop hanging out with her a few years before this. But honestly, minimally so. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm 51 years old. You know, I've been like this for a long time. I am from New York originally. I have a little bit of a crude way of talking. Most people... Um, I do it more for humor. Uh, most people love it. Um, maybe some people might not. Um, I always adjust myself accordingly. I'm not going to curse or, or say anything too offensive around children or around a bunch of Mormons. Or you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent enough to adjust the volume <laughs> and the content dependent on the audience. So uh, if someone questioning that, 
was a huge pain in the ass, <laughs> case in point. Um, you know, I, I just know. So, you know, and, and as I mentioned, a few other things, uh, I just had to kind of eject her. Um, as I said, which was a shame, because she was, like I said, she was really cool. Uh, but it, it was a really sad thing. Like I said, the piece, I knew that she had uh, passed, you know, when the news came. I, I knew they were not going to find her alive. I don't know how I knew specifically, but it probably did have some elements to do with things I had known about her. Um, uh, you know, she was uh, really, uh, like I said, amazing in some ways, and in some ways she was lost. So um, her death, you know, as someone who was lost, literally in some ways made sense. It, it does, again, from a spiritual, metaphysical, intuitive perspective, does not take away from the human perspective. I may have the ability, I do have the ability often to see the larger picture and to see things in a larger context, uh, a certain level of detachment, I guess, that some people do not have. Uh, but that does not preclude me from being a human being and, and suffering and feeling just as much as anybody else does. I'm very thankful that I have this other attribute to pull upon. But, you know, like I was saying, you know, when I wrote the piece, um, to me, sadness is a part of this world. We're supposed to feel it. I've mentioned this in previous shows. Um, I often question people who take antidepressants, um, not as an attack. I, again, I, I, I'm not here to tell them what they should or should not specifically do unless someone's asking me for guidance and advice. But... And, and, and some people have gone through major traumas. Um, but I, I, as I've said before, I don't recommend them. I think you're supposed to feel sad. I think you're supposed to feel pain at times. It, it's natural. It's cathartic. It is part of that process of ultimately moving through it. And, and antidepressants can ultimately act as a, almost a blockade to that in some respects because it kind of keeps you flatlining. Um, and not feeling the loss, truly. Uh, so we, we all, we go through really tough stuff at different points. I'm no stranger to that. Anyone who's read my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, I wrote 12 years ago. Um, you know, I talked about some, uh, you know, amazing difficulties and tragedies I, I had dealt with when I first moved out here 25 years ago. Uh, and uh, really tough stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, you know, talking on my ass in that sense. I have dealt with some difficult things. I went through some very tough financial stuff in, in 2008, 2009, really tough stuff. Uh, I've, I've experienced loss, you know, at multiple levels. Um, but I'm okay. I, I processed it. I, I feel that the wound, it will always be there. But I moved on with life. Um, to me, you know, for most of us, you know, especially in the United States, places like that, listen, we, we have a lot of things going for us in terms of advantage. Um, we shouldn't be that sad all of the time. Um, you, you have to learn how to transform your sadness or your pain into something useful. Uh, like I had mentioned uh, in, the, in the, the piece that I wrote, you know, one of my clients you know, lost three children in the span of a decade of her four. Can you imagine this as a mother? Um, most of them were adult children. One was 16 when she passed. I actually had met and even read for her two times. Well, once previous to that, um, when she died of a brain aneurysm um, in, in her sleep at 16, um, and 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 she, this woman, her mother, um, but, you know, she was an artist and she painted and she drew, and she wrote poetry, and and 
her doing that helped her move through these unbelievable tragic losses. And imagine the people she helped who have gone through similar things that were able to read this book, know that someone else felt that at some level. Um, what you do with it, it is, is always uh, part of, of the healing at some levels as well, too. This is something that I think, like I said, we, we lose touch with when people get caught up in the grips of, of how much, you know, uh, quote-unquote suffering they're ultimately going through. Um, we have to do something with, this, with it. But we also have to have time in our own way to decide what we do with it. Some people will heal faster than others. Some people need more time, depending on the severity and the nature of their emotional body but, um, and how they handle and process difficulty. So there's no wrong way to do that. Uh, that's important. Uh, you know, uh, remember that. What is kind of wrong to me is if you're still suffering over something that happened 30 years ago or 20 years ago, and you can't go on. Uh, you know, uh, there are going to be exceptions to that in the case of things that were mind-bogglingly, that were extreme. But by and large, like I said, most of us, um, we have to, you know, turn a corner at some point in the game and, and, and process this in a different way. So, you know, like I, uh, again, the, the reference that was made through the peace tragedy was that, yes, I consciously, you know, it's probably about once a month. I have days where I get up and I just can't even put it into words. I'm sad. Um, I, I don't, you know, there's a sense of not fitting in the world, um, which is definitely something that was far more prominent when I was younger. Um, but it still will occasionally come to surface, and it will. I, I'll, you know, I just want to crawl back in bed. You know, of course, my cat couldn't be happier when I do that. Like, that's like a dream come true for a cat and a dog. Ooh, daddy's going back to bed again, uh, which is very cute. Um, but, yeah, I, even when I'm sad, I, I will. I'll get up. I will go to the gym. I'll make my lunch. Sometimes I'll have maybe two appointments, have a cup of coffee, um, mostly decaf, so I'm not masking my feelings through caffeine, by the way. Um, I just like the taste of coffee. And... uh and have lunch, and, uh, you know, and then it's over. It's over. You know, I don't linger on it for days or weeks or, you know, things like that. That's, that's just not me. I, there's too much good in this world, too much good in my life, and I, I need to be strong for the people around me as well, too, and help them process that. So, you know, but, but having telling people that, people being aware of it, part of why I wrote this is to remind my listeners and my readers, you see, you're not nuts if you if you go through this from time to time. You may go through it less often, more often. Um, sadness is a reality. From you know the perspective of astrology, um, you know part of uh, having a strong element of Pisces in the chart, or a lot of planets in the twelfth house, um, which correlates to Pisces from an astrological perspective, also typically suggests that part of your experience is to transform and understand sadness at one level or another. So, um, again, you know, for, for uh, I don't have a lot of Pisces in my chart. Uh, Chiron uh, was in, in Pisces when I was born, which is technically not a planet. It's, you know, a satellite that is in our system. that um, represents the wounded healer. You know, a lot of people in my age bracket were born with Chiron and Pisces. Um, 
which you know creates an uncomfortable effect of having a bizarre level of empathy, awareness and understanding of others in a beautiful way and in a tragic way because sometimes people can take advantage of that kindness um, and can lead sometimes into kind of being a martyr at some levels for others' abuse. Um, so, you know, a lot of people in 63, 64, 65, born in those years, have Chiron and Pisces. Um, a lot of people have sun, moon, or rising sign in Pisces. It's going to make that profound as well, too, in terms of, of experience. But there is a part of that that is part of this world. And, and we have to accept that. Now, accepting it doesn't mean that you don't do your best at, at every level to stop tragedies or pain or sadness or difficulty. Absolutely not. I am no way suggesting such a thing. One of the highest forms of, of transformation that we can do as human beings is helping others and doing our part to make this world a better place and, and doing our best to help um, heal. And, and even more importantly, doing our part to not create sadness and pain for other people. If that is possible. You know, not always so. You know, uh, I was joking with a, a friend of mine the other day uh, about how if you're so um, uh, if you're so uh, empathic and caring of other people that you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or upset anyone, you know, think about the humorousness of going to a bar as a woman or as a man, and you know, or transgender. <laughs> throw that in there now too for good measure, and and going to a uh, you know, a, a bar, and, and a lot of, say you're a woman, and a lot of guys want to sleep with you, they have sex with you. If you have sex with all those men because you don't want to hurt their feelings, you're kind of crossed into some territory of cuckoo land at an entirely another level. Don't you can't walk through this world and not have some element of, of, of rejection or um, discrimination in, in a healthy kind of a way. But there is also a way to do it you know, in a sense where one could still be kind at the same time and not aggressively, assertively attempt to hurt other people's feelings as well, too. Um, so this is what I was talking about here. And, and like I said, you know, when I, when I wrote this and obviously read it, you know, what bothers me is the, the endless rounds of human cruelty that seem to surface and come up. You know, at a personal level, I experienced this um, with, uh, you know, again, I had I mentioned I had a friend for about 16 years, a very close friend, who, without getting into detail about this, did some things that were inexcusable. Um, I hold no anger toward her, but I had to not, I had to let her go um, as a friend, which it was very sad for me, and, and, and still is. This was a very important person in my life. And um, it, it, it still is an element of sadness that I probably will always carry. But I absolutely do not allow anyone to abuse me, period. If friend, family member, mate, nobody. No one gets that position with me. If you start doing that, you're gone. You will not have it. Um, but uh, I'm strong enough that way. But yet at the same time, again, the sadness is almost more for her that she did those things and then didn't even do what was necessary to resolve them, uh, just clung to an arrogant position of I'm right, uh, you know, and you're, you know, you're cutting me out, you know, silliness. Um, the other thing I had mentioned, important, is that, um, you know, like I was saying, that, that it's this thing that people continue to do. I mentioned in the piece about gun violence and cruelty toward others 
because of religion or race or sexual orientation. Um, we just had a very literal uh, experience of, of all of this kind of wrapped into one. Um, the recent events in Orlando that happened a couple of days ago on Saturday night uh, were that a lone gunman um, went into a, uh, a gay, lesbian uh, nightclub called Pulse in Orlando uh, within uh, a K-47. I, I might be misquoting the type of gun, but something that shot, obviously can shoot multiple times, and basically killed 49 people and wounded like 53 others. I'm, I'm not even sure the rest of the people that are wounded will necessarily survive, but apparently a lot of them have. Um, you know, it was a gay, lesbian, you know, bisexual, you know, transgender uh, dance club. Um, it was Latin night, so the majority of people killed were Latino. Um, I had been to that area many, many years ago, about 16 years ago in, in Orlando, where there was a string of bars. I don't think that specific bar was built when I was in that area, uh, but I am familiar with that area. Um, I know people that live in that area. Um, it's clear now you know, that they're kind of attaching this to ISIS and all this other stuff, but, you know, uh, it, and, and I'm sure there was some element of that being inspired as part of it. But the reality of the situation is, from the details that they're picking up, um, this man was, you know, closeted um, uh, gay or uh, maybe bisexual man uh, who was taught, obviously, by this culture somewhat and by uh, uh, religious influences that that part of him was evil or wrong. Um, and, of course, uh, went and, and killed the very people that he had uh, interacted with. He had been to the club a number of times. People saw him talking with other guys in the club. He was married to a woman. But at the same time, finding out he was on apps like Grindr and things like that, or there were gay meetup sites and things of that nature. You know, anybody with any type of developed spirituality or awareness could have seen that element coming. Um, if you're gay or lesbian or transgender or bisexual, uh, most of you guys already know this anyway, too. Whenever someone is really homophobic and extreme uh, politically or verbally or goes back to the old proverbial expression, me think a lady doth protest too much from Shakespeare, which is why are you going on about this so much? Why is this such an issue for you? Um, what are you rejecting in yourself? Now, not everyone who hates homosexuals or gay people is, is a closeted gay man. Many are at one level or another. Uh, but not everyone necessarily is. Sometimes it stems just from other nonsense as well. But these are contributing factors in, 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 in how this came about. Um, you know, he claimed allegiance to ISIS, and, you know, it's probably more of an after-the-fact type of a thing to get in the limelight. It's bringing up a lot of issues in society right now that need to be talked about because we've had one after another of these events. You know, I, I was at the gym today, and, and a, a gentleman around the same age as me that grew up in Arizona um, and lived through all of his life uh, was saying to me that he noticed that when they were interviewing the people who uh, who um, were were killed um, and their friends, and that, well, obviously not the people who were killed. They couldn't interview them. But the friends of people that are in that age bracket, 19 years old, 23 years old, they were sad, but not in the way that people 
you know, my age bracket, 40 or 50 or 60, were sad. Um, and he, he made a very valid point about the difference. Um, for us, this type of stuff is relatively new. Um, we've had, you know, mass shootings, you know, back in the past, but they were extremely uncommon. They're becoming incredibly commonplace. So for us, the sadness that we feel in a lot of ways is is because of, of where society has gone. You know, the sadness that an 18, 19, 20-year-older feels is obviously there too, but the horrible part that he had pointed out is that they're kind of used to it. And, you know, that that is a, a real extreme shame in that way, that, that anyone is used to this in, in some way. And, and I'm sure if you go to the Middle East and there's places that have been bombed and attacked, you know, at, from multiple levels by ISIS and uh, even somewhat by us and, and, you know, and all the other factors there, I'm sure there's lots of people that live day to day among tragedy and are aware of having lost uh, friends and family. And, you know, <laughs> again, it, it's just a dark direction this has all taken. Okay, so having said that, on uh, obviously discussing this very darker note, there's an element of, of this bringing to surface right now because of Mars' retrograde motion uh, back into Scorpio, uh, bringing up a lot of this darker element of humankind uh, coming to surface. Um, I really am hoping to get an astrological show on next month to finally talk about this. I just have been too busy to get there. Um, I will probably post something about this specifically and how it is affecting people, you know, in a, in a, in a day-to-day life as well. Uh, on Facebook, if you follow me on Facebook on my fan page, uh, there's often updates there. I will try to get to that in the next week or so. Uh, regular clients who I talk to quarterly or monthly often will get the information mailed directly to them. Um, otherwise, I don't send out extra mailers to everyone on my mailing list because, um, I, you know, that column is just once a month. Uh, I, I don't want to bombard people either, even though I know a lot of people could use the insight as to what's happening. But um, you know, this is part of it, collectively and, and individually. So now let me take the metaphysical slant with all of this stuff. Um, that's important to remember from the you know what I like to call old soul perspective. You know, while a lot of this difficulty is new, in some respects it's also not new. Uh, we've had mass tragedies before. Uh, you know, I just saw someone posted something about, I think it was the 227 Indians who were killed at Wounded Knee uh, by American cavalry uh, back in the day when that happened. Uh, talk about a mass shooting on American soil, um, even larger than this one, because this one, this 49, is the highest number we've had in quite a while. Um, so tragedy itself is not new. Um, that's the thing we, I think we have to grasp if we're going to move forward in this world. Um, things like this happen. Um, we, we, we should work diligently toward um, them not happening at a practical level. I, I don't see any reason why anyone should have an assault rifle. Uh, you know, uh, I am not an advocate for taking away guns from the perspective of, of uh, I know I have plenty of people, I have friends and family members that have guns. I don't. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. I don't want it. But if I lived in a cabin um, and there was bears or I was isolated from help from police, I, I might actually learn and have a gun. You know what I mean? But I don't. I live in a city. You know, the police would be in a few minutes. If I called, I can defend myself. I don't want anything to do with the gun. But I would never in any way try to take away 
someone's right to necessarily have one. Um, I, I understand that most people are, are well trained, but an assault rifle, you know, ludicrous. Uh, you know, back in I think '86, President Reagan banned machine guns, so we haven't heard about um, machine gun deaths for the most part in, in decades. So, you know, people will say, well, they find other ways. You know, if they didn't have that, then it's fine to bombs or other things. Irrelevant arguments. Uh, that, that's true. You're right in the sense that they will, but that's not an excuse to keep these horrible uh, instruments of death in circulation in, in such an extreme way. Nobody needs that in a real way. Had this gunman gone in there and, and was able to fire off seven, eight shots, absolutely, probably would have killed four or five people. But it would have been four or five people as opposed to 49. And any little thing that we can do to cut numbers is at least a start in the right direction. Um, again, not advocating the removal of all guns. That, that's ultimately not going to happen in America, probably not during our lifetimes. So I'm not even suggesting it. So, but in talking about other ways to minimize all of this. But, again, practical details. And people are going to have opinions about this, argue back and forth, and, and hopefully this was enough to finally get something done. But these are realities in this world, and, and to some extent we have to accept them. Again, acceptance doesn't mean that we don't do our best to change them, to influence it in a positive way. I'm not suggesting such a thing. Uh, but we can't. We would be crippled emotionally and psychologically if we constantly focused on how terrifying life can be in that sense. Another thing I want to say, and this is really significant as part of the discussion, the one thing that I saw that this brought up and something that I always remind people of about one of the purposes of tragedy and difficulty in, in life, is this. The amount of people after this particular incident that rose to help was staggering. Um, you had lines around the block of people um, wanting to donate blood, um, and there still are to this day. Um, the response of the, the firefighters, the uh, policemen, uh, the, the medical staff um, was amazing. Um, the uh, people in the club that helped each other, um, that took their shirts off to wrap up wounds, uh, that, that, that pushed through this was amazing. Um, we, you know, it take, sometimes it takes such a bad to bring out the good in a way that, like I said, to me is profound. And, you know, we've had people arguing, you know, ridiculously about transgender bathroom rights and, and rights and wrong of it and all this other bullshit that's been going on for months. And it takes an event like this to put things into perspective, sadly. And hopefully it will. Um, the reality is, uh, you know, there, there has been a lot of, of cruelty toward gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, questioning uh, people for, for many decades from people on the religious right. It is a contributing factor in this at one level or another because obviously this man was demented by, by such... Um, uh, hogwash of, of programming from, from some of his own religious uh, and cultural backgrounds. Um, uh, these are other influences that come into play here. But what I noticed, and here's where the good is in all of this horribleness, is people, hardly anyone, you know, was really talking about, you know, the, the, the rhetoric about the anti-gay lesbian movement seems to be have been put down. People talked about this nightclub 
as a nightclub, um, even though it was mentioned that it was a hate crime, at one level or another, almost everyone stepped forward in a way and felt that sadness and cared. Um, this finally seems to be a shift in society away from that focus on, on gay, lesbian, being bad, ludicrous from the beginning, I might add, absolute horseshit, but uh, the moving away from that, um, that, that people were genuinely touched and moved by this um, in, a, in a very, very real way. So hopefully that is going to have some profound effects upon society. Um, and um, that, that is some of the minuscule amount of good that can come out of something this horrible. You know, we look at events from the perspective of there's an event and then there's the, the result that follows afterwards. Um, as I've said this before, you know, in, in many respects, it, when it comes to um, life in this world, time is uh, relative. Um, in some respects, all things are sequential. We just experience them one at a time. So this resolution is part of the healing of the wound at one level or another. You know, it's which came first, the chicken or the egg. But again, something good can finally come out of something so ugly and, and so dark at every level. And um, the laws and the practicalities have to be dealt with. But um, again, th- 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 there's something good that may come out of this in some respects as well, too. Um, sad that people have to lose their lives in this way for that to happen. But uh, I believe that it will in some respects. And that is the, the deeper reality to the, the point of sadness and experience of difficulties in, in that respect. Um, you know, now it's just an issue of healing at, at multiple levels. But like I said, you know, I can talk about the negatives, but I also want to focus on the positives of, of how moving um, it has been to see so many people um, rise to to help, uh, to defend, to to want to do something about this. This was not swept under the rug, even in a mild way. And, and, that, and like I said, that's profound. Um, society is shifting in some ways, into a better space in, in this area around uh, uh, around this group of people. Um, you know, when you attack one American, you attack every American. And more people are saying that now. And while I'm not an advocate for crazy gun retaliation violence, I'm sure the gun sales are going to go through the roof right now. Uh, you know, there is something good that can ultimately come out of this in that sense. So so that's what we also want to focus on while while doing our part to help in that way. Okay, so uh, I'm at the end of my show here, uh, one minute to go. Um, uh, this is a very, very important uh, point and an important subject. Um, so I'm glad I was able to talk about it and get a show in. I haven't been able to get too many in as of late. Uh, so thank you for joining me today. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly column, email me at venturedge at yahoo.com. Uh, and just simply ask to be added to the mailing list. Send your name and uh, also your birthday you might want to send to. Your birthday, just because I do a monthly birthday promotion also for a heavily discounted session uh, during your birthday month. So um, if you choose to use that, you'll have access to that too. Um, if you want any more information about any of my books uh, or services, uh, please go to VenturaSad, uh, sorry, JimVentura.com and uh, go to the website there. So uh, hopefully uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some more healing going on, um, and the angels are working overtime right now to help people move through these uh, these, these difficult times. Uh, 
So anyway, thank you again for joining me today. Uh, this is Jim uh, here uh, next month for another column read, and I will very much shoot to get an astrological update show in so you can uh, also get some call-in during that show. Thank you much. Cheers. <laughs>